Wait, what? Hey friends, hello, hi, welcome, welcome back, welcome to, welcome, just welcome. How's everybody doing? Is everybody okay? Has anybody else caught the change of season flu and chest infection <laughs> like I have? If so, rest up, lots of green tea, honey and lemon, lots of love. If you're not experiencing the cold right now and you happen to be on the other side of the world, F you. But welcome and thank you for joining me. So in this one, I have the lovely Nakima Ray. She is a somatic sexologist, a sexological body worker and one of the facilitators at the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy, where I am currently studying. She is a powerhouse, a wealth of knowledge, and really knows her stuff when it comes to relationships and embodiment. And each time she holds one of our weekly Zoom calls with our course, I'm just sucked in with her, her knowledge and education around relating, attunement, sensuality, and just like overall human behavior and conditioning. So it was only natural for me to ask her to come on here because I feel like she not only emanates such an easy energy to understand and learn from, but she just knows her stuff when it comes to this topic and like the realm of sex and sexology and really diving deep into bodywork and unraveling the layers of our own conditioning. She she just explains things very clearly, thoroughly and very simply, which makes it a lot easier to understand this kind of work. Plus, she's just a super grounded human being and is an absolute pleasure to be around. So, Nakima interestingly actually journeyed from business banking and having a major career in the corporate world for, I think she said 12 years or so, um, which she has since left and now completely immersed in the sex world. Um, so she touches on that. We also dive into what her work is all about, um, what self-pleasure is all about and how you can start tomorrow. We explore archetypes and Akima sort of explains some examples of archetypes and how they could show up in your body. Uh, we go into NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. There's lots of juicy stuff in here. However, I do need to give a pre-warning. <laughs> I feel like there's there's always some sort of pre-warning with my pods. The internet was having a moment throughout this episode. So there are some parts where Nakima's voice go a little bit robotic and they lag a little bit and it's a little bit mumbled up so just bear with it um I did try to stop her and get her to start again if it did cut out majorly but there were some moments where the internet was not playing nice so anyways we can't do much about that technology has a mind of its own and we persevered so just a little pre-warning that that did occur a couple of times but for the most part you can pick up what she's putting down and I hope you learn lots and it gives a little more insight into the work that I'm also diving into and studying and journeying with and hopefully a few more of you out there after listening to this one might be eager to try that little self-pleasure practice tomorrow. <laughs> you can of course connect with Nakima yourself 
as well. She does leave her details at the end of the episode. Um, I will link them as well in the show notes. So if you have the desire, please reach out to her. Otherwise, tune in, kick back and relax. And I hope that you find much pleasure in listening to this episode. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode. I have a very beautiful guest with me over Zoom. It is Nakima Ray and she has been, well you were the very, very first person to welcome me in to the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy where I'm studying and where you're facilitating, um, mm-hmm. where we learn all things self-pleasure and everything, sensuality, sexuality, all that sort of stuff. So um, if you want to just introduce what you're about and then we might be able to just sort of talk about how you journeyed into that school. Yeah, no worries. Well, um, so like I said, my name is Nakima and I'm currently a facilitator at the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy. So through that, I teach the self-pleasure modality, which was created um, by Victoria, who opened the school. And it's there's so many elements that I could go into of that sort of thing. Um, I just love it. I could talk about it for hours, which is probably why I enjoy being here. Um, so that's like that's really what I'm very passionate about. And then as a graduate of the school and qualified in the self pleasure modality, um, I run my own business where I have clients and utilize what I teach with clients as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so you have done, so you've obviously gone through the school, but you've also done a couple of other like sort of complementary um, certificates and modalities. So what were some of those that you've done? Yeah, so uh, with the school self-pleasure practitioner, I'm also a sexological body worker, um, which is a cool somatic bodywork-based qualification where we actually qualify to do hands-on work with people, which is really beautiful. Um, I've also done some advanced leadership training with the Institute as well, as well as some other non-based qualifications that really LP hypnosis, um, a little bit of CBT training. And also I've done some um, extended training in um, like the erotic mysteries um, just through independent schools that train that way. Yeah. Mm, what a little kitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I've got, um, I've got a really beautiful set of tools that come together and harmonize really well with each other. Yes. Yes. So for people out there that have no idea what any of this stuff is, like if we start with self-pleasure, how would you explain and describe that in layman's terms for everyday people that have never heard of it? Yeah. So I guess the the first thing is when I talk about self-pleasure, people often just think masturbation and the idea of the self-pleasure modality actually is not that it's just masturbation. So it's where we get out of our head and into our bodies um, and focus on embodiment, feeling, sensation, what's moving it alive in the body in the present moment and allow to de-layer everything that 
we've been taught about ourselves, about our sexuality, so that we can really deeply connect to how that flows through our body. And through this, you know, self-pleasure can be a little misleading sometimes because when we drop in and, you know, begin to really connect with what's really authentic and raw in ourselves, sometimes there's pain and sometimes there's anger or grief or anguish and the self-pleasure is actually about experiencing the full spectrum of those feelings in their raw, honest expression. Um, And this is a piece that a lot of people probably haven't journeyed in day-to-day life. You know, society puts a lot of... um, a lot of conditions on how we express ourselves. So self-pleasure is, well, there is the sexual element and sexuality uh, and connecting to those deeper parts of ourselves. It's actually such a permission to be in all of those elements of ourselves, which in the end do impact our sexuality anyway. You know, if you've got a lot of grief in your body or a lot of anger that you've actually never let be expressed and you're trying to connect with someone on a really intimate and sexual level even yourself on that level um you know you kind of might get a little so self-pleasure is where we dive into the body get out of all of these conditions and layerings that have been put in our head and tap into what is actually there on a real deepest level of ourselves yeah, mm, yeah. so like it could be like you said it could be something completely unrelated to sex and sexuality it could be a story or something that is totally irrelevant to sex but then uncovering that and unlayering that will then like coincide with your sexuality and it'll help all that yeah yeah absolutely so there's a lot of things that on the surface seem like they don't relate to our sexuality and our sex lives and the way that our sexual energy moves in our body um and we don't realize until we actually like come to one with those pieces, the effects that it has. And, you know, as we, as we dive into these things, people see their lives change, not only in their sex life, but you know, their career, the way that they relate with their families, the way that they relate with romantic partners, the way that they interact, you know, in their self-confidence and their friendships and their acceptance of the world kind of thing. And Mm. it's like, oh, I didn't realise working on my sexuality and moving all of these things would actually have such a flow-on effect. It's quite amazing the intricacies to which it's connected that people don't realise initially. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And have you, I mean, this might be a big question, but have you had any, like, major profound moments where you kind of went like, oh, snap, like, I've done this and now look at this or like maybe you created X, Y, Z, like could even be with your career. I'm sure, I'm sure you've had many. (laughs) Usually like as it's happening, um, uh, I'm kind of in it and don't really realize in the moment, but looking back, um, it's been such a huge journey and overall, you know, I've come from, being someone who worked in business banking, you know, in the corporate world and in a very different style of life, you know, to the lifestyle that I lead lead now. And like, um, it's kind of, there's been moments in it where I've been like, I just cannot turn up to this place anymore. 
when it's not authentic, you know. And there's been people that I've met or related with that, like, don't, like, whereas I would have allowed things in the past or, like, to, you know, kind of push through with someone who's not aligned. Now I'm, like, actually, like, I can listen to my body. I can feel, you know, the sensations and my intuition online in a whole different way than I would have before to make those choices going forward. Mm. So I feel like while there probably have been some moments that have been like, yep, that's it, um, it's when I look back over the scope of starting this work to where I am now that I'm like, wow, that's a huge change. Mm, Yeah, 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 totally. Um, there's a couple of things you said there that I just wanted to make a note on. So I want to talk about like your journey from the business banking world. But when you said related, like, I feel like people may not really know what that term really means. So can you explain what that term means? Mm. So relating is just the term that I use for how I interact with different aspects of my life. And that could be people, it could be um, businesses, it could be environments as like, how am I related to X, Y, Z at the moment? And primarily, um, you know, the most relatable way to dissect relating is in how we relate to other people. Um, and it's like, cool. How am I relating with this person right now? Like, can I connect with them? How do I want to be in this moment? What's coming up here? And, um, I feel like, yeah, just the, the term relating like leaves it open for me a little bit more than just here's a romantic relationship or here's a rom- here's a relationship and people sort of only think about, you know, the romance side and the partnership side. Whereas if I say I'm working on relating or how I relate to things, it could be how I relate to the environment that I'm in, you know, is it um, you know, is it a corporate environment? Is it a tantra environment? Is it the community? You know, different communities have different ways that they that they weave. And how am I relating to this space at the time? So when I relate, it could be to a person, it could be to an environment, it could be to my business, and it's what's happening for me, what's happening for that, mm. and how am I meeting it? Yeah, nice, awesome. I love that. Um, so your journey then from the business corporate world <laughs> into the, the sex world, how did that come about? <laughs> um, well, so originally, um, I just thought that I would be a career banker. You know, I'd, I'd gotten a job. I continually just like worked my way up and up and up in, in the job that I had to what was a a really great position before I left the bank. And over time, outside of work, you know, I was discovering different parts of my sexuality, um, connecting into different communities myself. And um, I was like, oh, I'm so fascinated in this. I want to study it. How do I learn more? How do I bring these things that I've experienced to the world and to people so that, you know, they're not, they're not coming to, or they're not missing out on these aspects of their life. And the more that I studied and the more that I got involved with it, the more that like, you know, my nine to five, which was normally like eight to six, I guess, 
or, or longer sometimes, um, you know, the more that it just didn't sit with me. And I'm like, I'm coming in here, um, you know, and I'm, I'm doing well at what I'm doing and it just, it just doesn't sit right. Like I mm-hmm. feel like I want a little bit more of this sexuality work, of this embodiment work to be more in my life. And so can I it was ask, a, it sorry, was a, sorry to cut you off, yeah. when you said you felt it, because like I recently did a podcast all about how my body reacted in my role and I was like, this is enough, and I felt it so physically that it ended up being a meltdown. Like could you were you aware of the physical symptoms? Yeah, yep, definitely. So I, um, aside from like mentally and emotionally feeling more and more like this is where I want my life to be heading, um, the longer that I stayed back, acknowledging my mind was I actually noticed the stress a whole lot more in my body um i noticed like physical symptoms like nausea um and you know like heart palpitations and things like that where i'd be like walking into work thinking oh my god i have to actually will my body to take these steps into an office Mm. into an office that was full of people that are great friends and workmates into a job that I'd been in for like 12 years that I'd previously loved and thought I would do as a career. And it just become clearer and clearer over time that um, I was, I was not in the right place. And because I'd been in, you know, it was a high stress environment, business banking, and my um, my body, my adrenals had been in that stress state for so long that probably if I hadn't done the embodiment work, I would have just kept drinking, you know, eight coffees a day and powered through. But with the embodiment work, I was like, actually, like my body is is not okay with this lifestyle anymore. <laughs> so it was very, like, there was a mental part that started long before. And I thought that I would just kind of mingle the two until it, my body was really like, you know, make some changes, girl. Mm, it's time. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and so did your first, like, I don't think we quite got to how you got into IMPI. Was that your first sort of taste of venturing out? Uh, no. So... I was actually quite involved in um, kink and BDSM as part of my lifestyle. And that's how I began to open up mm. to different aspects of sexuality and the community that I was in, you know, so high on, on consent and conversations and things like this. And I was like, oh, my God, imagine if people had this depth of communication in normal, like just in their everyday relationships, how mind-blowing that would be. And I was like, how do I bring this to the world? And I kind of had had that in the back of my mind, you know, just as a someone should be doing this, not necessarily me. And, you know, while I was exploring and working on that, I actually come across um, Victoria Redbard and I did some one-on-one work with her just on my personal sexuality and my personal journey. I was like, yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, no worries. Um And then later on, I was like, I wonder, um, you know, I wonder how you actually get to be 
doing what she does in the sessions that we had. And I found sexological bodywork, which was like a big leap for me. And I was like, okay, I guess I can study this then. And so I studied sexological bodywork and I was halfway through that when the opportunity to study uh, with Victoria came. And, you know, we'd kind of kept in touch since we had been working together you know, me as her client, and then she's like, oh, hey, I'm, you know, I'm doing this, I'm creating this school, I'm doing this thing, like, are you in? And I was like, yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was doing sexological bodywork and self-pleasure modality at the same time. Um, and, yeah, so it kind of it kind of started, like, as a concept of, oh, more people should communicate this way um, to explore my own sexuality in different levels and then, like, studying. And then all the study happened all at once. And then I was like, cool, well, this is what I am now. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that Vic was just like, hey, I'm just going to start a school. Are you in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I felt, you know, from when I had worked with Victoria and following her, you know, since I'd worked with her, I just felt a real resonance with what she was bringing to the world. And so it was, it was one of those things where like, without even thinking about it in my mental um, body, you know, in my, in my brain part, I was like, yeah, this is a yes. I don't know why. And I don't know how or like any of that. It's just a, I'm just going to, you know, trust it, trust this person. And yeah, it's been fantastic. So that's great awesome. decision. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and how many years has that school? We were like, it's up to like round 10 or something now. Yeah, I think they're starting round 10. So um, I was student number one in round one and now they're round 10 and it's, uh, it's been a really beautiful journey to be involved with and connected to in so many different ways as a student. And then I did an apprenticeship where I mentored new students coming through um, and worked with the advanced leadership program with the school. And out of that, I was, you know, brought on as a facilitator, which I still am at the moment. So there's been a lot of different facets and journeys with the school itself and with my sexuality as a whole across mm. across these years. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's really beautiful that you you were a student yourself. Like you've you've done it from day dot. You've been the student, you've been the teacher. Like it's nice that you've had that whole journey. Mm. Yeah, it's de- it definitely feels um, really special to be a part of. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. So for people that aren't familiar with the school, like we sort of touched on that it teaches the self-pleasure modality and everything, but how would you, could you describe like how this school sort of runs? Because it's not a typical, normal, everyday sit down with your notebook and study kind of school. Like it's very different. So could you explain that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess it's called the Institute of New Paradigm Intimacy for a reason, because it's, really operating in a new paradigm and often when we think of school you know you picture the desks you picture your notebook or your laptop that you're you know typing away listening to a lecture and 
you memorize X, Y, Z, E so that when the question comes up on the test, you know the answer. And the, the new paradigm is changing the way of how we learn. So for a start, everything is online and it's learnt through the body. I guess is the really big change. We teach a lot through transmission work, which is which is different to okay, on this week we're gonna teach A B C and then the next week we're gonna teach D E F and then the week after that we'll teach, you know, the next, the next, next. It's like what is present in the field right now? What are we feeling that the students need? What do they what do they want to know or what are they coming up against and then teach to that. So there's still module work in the background with the online modules where you go and you learn and, you know, you read and you study. And our live, like, face-to-face calls are about what is really present in this moment, what's the support that's needed, and it's really dynamic because one week, you know, we could be talking about relating and then the next week about orgasming. Mm-hmm. And it's like what actually is really present right now. Mm-hmm. And so that's like the crux of the transmission work on the calls. And then with the with the module work online, we have you have your learning and then we have a self-pleasure practice. So when you you read the learning and you, you're like, okay, cool, like I can appreciate A, B, C here, then there's the self-pleasure practice. So you go and you set up and you do the self-pleasure practice, which is embodiment, touch, movement, breath, sound, and you actually learn so much by doing the practice. It's bringing that knowledge rather than just words on a screen or words on paper, mm. it's bringing the knowledge through your body. And that's where the real juice is and the real power mm-hmm. and I think that's really the crux of new paradigm learning you're learning the modality and you're doing the modality to learn the modality yeah yeah so it's all it's all going through your body instead of just staying in your head and having a cognitive understanding of it you mm. feel it you feel the lessons you feel the understanding mm. yeah it's which pretty is, wild and yeah yeah it's, amazing <laughs> yeah that, it's, that's the work and I remember like in our little consultation call like when I first sort of came across it online and we had our call and and you're like yeah you know like our homework is you know you have to go and sit down and do the work and I was like what like you're like yeah your self-pleasure <laughs> maybe four to six like four hours a week would be fabulous and I was like what <laughs> like it was just such <laughs> a crazy concept to me <laughs> Yeah, and and it is a little bit for a lot of people to get their head around because they're like, oh, well, what do you mean that, like, I don't have to memorise X, Y, Z and, like, be able to rewrite it in my own words? Mm. Actually, can you bring that through your body and can you drop into the depth of the feeling and the sensations? That's how I know that you've learned the work rather than writing down an answer on a test, you know? Yes, yes. And then, and when you mentioned like the transmission, especially on our like weekly calls. So like every Tuesday, nine o'clock, everybody in the course meets up on zoom and we have our hour session. And like you said, one week, it could be orgasms. The next week it could be relating. The next week it could be archetypes. Like yesterday we, we explored the dark feminine archetype, but (laughs) it's just crazy. I swear I've jumped on those calls many times and I've gone, 
oh my God, I was just thinking about this this morning or I was just writing this down. <laughs> like it always hits what's happening. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And that is something that is challenging to articulate and explain how that happens. However, like the real intention is that we feel into like what's moving with the students, what's really present with them. And there's, there's a feel and a knowing that comes with being a facilitator and being in, in this space for a long time that you pick up on threads. And sometimes mm. I am like, I don't know why I feel called to speak to this today. And this is what we're, you know, this is where this is going, you know, and it just, it lands and it's what everyone needs to hear that morning. Mm. It's like really relevant to, you know, sexuality and embodiment always. And it's like, wow, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, pretty, crazy. it's pretty amazing. It's yeah. yeah. It, like you said, it's like the field and I feel like the more you trust it, the more these things come and, it's weird that you mentioned the field because I've literally just watched Sex, Love and Goop. I don't know if you've seen it, but... Um, it's been a couple of episodes, yeah. Yeah, there's an episode where they do family constellations and, like, to watch that and to, for somebody who wouldn't even have a clue of what the field even means or, like, transformational work, like, for someone to be convinced that that stuff works, like, takes a lot. So when you said the field, I'm like, oh, it really is... It's a thing, but you have to be so trusting and open and willing. Yeah, yeah, and and that's why I said it's challenging to articulate sometimes uh, because of that. You know, you you like actually, I feel it. Like I've had I've had this come through, and I feel it, and I just know that this is what I'm talking to, or I just know that this is what I feel, and it makes no sense, and I'm going to trust it anyway. Mm. Like you know that that being able to feel it and trust it and then move with it rather than I think you know it takes practice so so much of our life where like we move against our gut or we don't practice tapping into those things so you know if you've never if you've never worked in that way before it can be like oh my god what is happening like how do you know how do you know what I'm thinking? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't actually read anyone's mind. It's just, <laughs> this is what I feel and I trust it. So I go with it. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's like everybody has this psychic ability. It's just, yeah, it is. It's just starting with listening to your gut and trusting your gut, which is hard because I still am trying to trust my gut and like listen to that intuition. But yeah, it's just doing it more and more and, even when it's little things like, do I feel like that? No, I don't feel like that. Or do I want to say that? No, I don't want to say that. Like just allowing those. And the more you do those little acts, then the bigger the the sensation and the feeling and the awareness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you go to the gym, you don't start with the big weights. You start yeah. with the little ones and you lift the little one a lot of times before you move up to the next one. And it's the same with this sort of thing. You know, the more that you practice and the more that you're in the practice of something, the more that that muscle grows. Yeah, yeah, totally. So talking about like um, transmission and it, it, I got onto the subject of transformation as well. I had in my head running through um, the weekend that we all just got to experience, which was the first time that us, some of us students, some are international, but 
a few of our students here in Australia got to come together in person and have a full three-day weekend, I guess, retreat in a sense, um, transformational weekend. So I feel like you can explain this better than me. Would you be able to, yeah, like explain kind of what we got to experience and create in person over that weekend? Mm. So when people say like transformational work, it's kind of hard to grasp until you've actually been in a situation or an intensive or a retreat that Mm -hmm. kind of holds that. And the, the intention well, I didn't primarily run the weekend. I'll speak to it from what I know from from different things and, and my participation. Mm-hmm. Um, the intention is that, you know, we come in in person and the intention was for everyone to experience what they needed to experience in order to come out um, with the skills to go and run a session as a self-pleasure practitioner and that sounds like really basic actually when we tap down into it it's like people have different resistances they have different things that they didn't actually know were sitting in their body that were blocking them from moving into this and so through connecting and trusting and actually having the demonstrations and the felt experiences in person of oh this is what's coming through my body right now I can express this I can be held in it um, that in itself is a transformative experience for people. You come out the other side of that and you're like, wow, I've just been so seen and so held in ways that I didn't know I could be that I actually am a new person now, mm. <laughs> right? So, you know, we spend the three days and there's really practical things like, you know, going through like a client session as if you were you know, with any client and like practicing that in, in a real, very real sense. And the transformation comes from actually stepping in, embodying who you can be, feeling it through your body Mm. and moving through whatever comes up there in the safety of that space. Mm. So I think the permission piece that those weekends give is, was, you know, such a key to transformation. And obviously um, the course overall is transformative. You know, you come out of it a different person than who you go in. And I think the same as that weekend, the permission piece is such a huge thing. And just being being met in whatever it is that you want to bring up. And uh, it's very, it's very, you know, it's challenging because you're changing who you are and, the way that you operate in the world, the beliefs that you've had or the conditioning that you've had through your life Mm. are then kind of removed and you're like, wow, who do I get to be now? Mm. And the transformation is the removing of all of those conditions to like, wow, this is me. How do I want to operate? Who am I going to be? Mm. And uh, that's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's beautifully said. And just the the fact that you are so held, like, like how often in everyday life are you just seen and held? Like just having that space, I think like one of the most powerful things for me, like that was my first experience of a transformational weekend. My first experience of even being in a community of like, like like-minded people in this sort of sexuality world. Like I don't really experience that normally. 
And just to have the space like we did sitting in our circle and like Victoria would maybe ask a question and someone would give their answer and then she'd sit back and just wait and just kind of look around and be like, anybody else? Like the, the space was there. Like it wasn't like, okay, answer done. Let's move on. Like it was always just, there was so much space for people to talk, so much space for people to just sit back and listen and not speak. Like it's just having that permission for whatever needs to happen, whatever needs to come out that can come out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really beautiful, uh, compassionate and, 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 you know, there's a lot of humility in it. How human can we let these humans be (laughs) and how human can I be in letting them be human as well? And, you know, there's, there's times where people are in ecstatic joy and times where people are in their full like sexual turn on and arousal and there's times where people are in you know perhaps in trigger from something that they're experiencing or witnessing it's like actually all of this is allowed like we're not we're not setting out to trigger people or anything (laughs) like that and if someone gets triggered like that's they're human and how how we it's not like fix it get them out of their trigger you know stop acting like that it's like how human can we be to allow this other human to be human as well. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of compassion and grace and humility in in the modality as a whole and in the space that Victoria and the school hold. Yeah, mm. and it's just totally judgment free. Like no judgment, no matter what. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, I'm not a judgy person or whatever and you can have little experiences of that in everyday life and you know your friends who don't judge you and things like that and then to be in that space in such vulnerability and our sexual expression is you know it is a vulnerable piece for so many of us mm. and to actually be like whatever that is for you and however that wants to move that is welcome here mm. you know it's big yeah, it's massive. And even like I'm going straight, like when you're talking about humility and stuff, I'm thinking about how many of us like acted out the creep <laughs> because we did our like role playing session as if we were like, as if we had a client in a session, we were, you know, guiding them through and the other person had to act out what would be their most sort of disgusting sort of client or someone that they feared taking in and a few of them were the creep and that was totally welcome like (laughs) Mm. yeah and it's it's like from both sides there it's like how can I how can I as a practitioner fully sit with and welcome whoever whoever I choose to have come and join a session with me and then from the other side as you know we were clients in in that space as well and it's like um, how can I be like so fully feel so fully accepted in whatever I bring? And, you know, I'm embodying or acting out parts of myself that are really dark or, you know, are not socially acceptable and generally just would people would shut down. Mm. It's like, actually I get to bring all of this. And that's an experience in itself. Even if I don't want to be out in society in that way, having those parts of myself honored 
that's really powerful. And so we all got an opportunity to hold that space and honour that for someone else as well as have that honoured. And, you know, there's in a society where um, there can be some, you know, some sexuality that could come across as like creepy or perverted and things like that and actually being able to hold that, it's like it's less about, oh, cool, we just give everyone permissions to go and, you know, be a pervert out in society. It's like how am I meeting the human whose behaviours are presenting like this on the surface and how can I meet that human? And, and often I think a lot of the people in that exercise that we did found that, okay, as I'm being, as I'm being this and as I'm meeting this, you know, these parts of myself, what's actually there underneath is just a desire to be loved, mm. right, and loved in my wholeness mm. and loved in whatever is coming through. So it really, like, changed the lens on mm. someone that we might have judged in the past, like, actually, I can be non-judgmental and accept this person and help meet what's underneath. Mm. It's really powerful. Yes. And you've just made me realize, like, as I was playing out the creep in, and you just happened to be my, my, um, <laughs> my, my practitioner in the role play. But like, I went yeah. in, I went in with no idea how I was even going to act like a creep. And then as we went along, like, it's like this story just naturally came to me and I was like, oh, you know, I lost my mum when I was this age and I go through all these women and, and like I was betrayed in the, and like, it's like, I, it's like, I almost knew what someone that, um, sort of has these tendencies could have experienced. Like you said, like they, they've just not ever had that opportunity to be fully seen and fully heard. Like what is actually lying underneath? Mm, yeah. And that's, and that's powerful to experience just to be in that understanding of oh wow i you know this archetype is human and there's there's space for there's space for that right here yeah yeah beautiful archetype can you explain (laughs) because i'm sure people have also not heard of this term so could you explain what archetype sort of means in your words? Mm. So archetype is an interesting one for me to explain and a lot of people relate to it on like perhaps a character level. The difference is when you play a character, you're kind of putting on a mask and you're going up on stage and you might be Mary Poppins or you might be Peter Pan and you're acting out, you know, a set way of being, whereas if we're exploring an archetype, rather than just putting on a mask, we're actually embodying those traits and those behaviours and those ways of being within ourselves and within our body to be able to explore that, to be able to understand it or comprehend it and then integrate that way of being or experience it for the aspect of comprehension of ourselves and you know, things that we might be resistant to or things that we want to experience that we normally wouldn't. And it's a really authentic way of experiencing that because it's actually embodied rather than just acting out. And it's it's a little advanced because on, on the surface level, they probably sound the same, right? Like there's one thing to go and dress up as 
Mary Poppins and, you know, add a spoonful of sugar or whatever <laughs> whatever she does day to day and, you know, you're kind of just playing with Whereas Archibaldi, you know, she's she's really optimistic. She's really nurturing. She's very loving. How can I pull those ways of being into my body? How would I move if I do that? What kind of words would I say? And rather than just pretending and copying, you know, if you're playing a character, you're putting the mask on, you're kind of copying what they would do. It's like how would that way of being move in my body? So if I was, Mary, I don't know why I pulled Mary Poppins out of the air today. We love Mary. Uh, if I was gonna, yeah, if I was gonna um, play Mary Poppins as a character, I would be like Kim Wend, you know, go through the motions of her character. And if I was gonna pull her out archetypally to experience, I would do exactly what I mentioned a minute ago, like. How how is her way of being? It's really nurturing. Um, it's really loving. It's really openly um, bubbly, right? So how would I do that myself? And I wouldn't necessarily like sing and you know have a spoonful of sugar or whatever. But for me, like, how am I going to be really nurturing and bubbly today? And maybe I'll feel like moving through my body in a certain way or maybe I'll just want to text or something and be really present in you know the the fun and the nurture that I'm providing that way so it doesn't look exactly the same it's how would those ways of being move in me and so when we look at our archetype it's like I mentioned we did a bit of a dark feminine archetype journey yesterday with um at at the school and it's like the dark feminine archetype actually moved quite differently for everyone on the call mm. right it's not it's not that everyone did the same things or moved the same way or um acted out you know the same movements and things like that it was a little bit different for every person because it's how that way of being moves through them mm. yeah yeah beautiful um So just on the dark feminine, because I think an easy way, at least how I sort of got a better understanding on the archetypes was looking at the chart of the light feminine, dark feminine, light masculine, dark masculine, and seeing when they're sort of in, well, you were saying yesterday, you don't so much like the terms of in balance and out of balance. It was more a shadow. So could you explain, say like a dark feminine trait, both well, we could say in balance and out of balance or however you want to word it. Mm. Um, so an example would be like the dark feminine is often seen as really like a owning their sexuality, right? And so in, in a balanced way, you know, that can look like being really confident, being sure of yourself, being really at home in your body and at home in your sexuality. And in in the shadow of that, it could be using your sexuality to manipulate people or to fill fill up a part of you that kind of feels lacking. You know, I can use my sexuality to gain favour with this person or, you know, to feed my ego that this person thinks I'm sexy and, you know, put it out in that way. So you actually like wielding, your sexuality 
uh, and sometimes this is quite unconscious also. It's obviously not always an active choice, but the different energy of wielding your sexuality to being really comfortable and open in it would be an example of in the shadow versus being imbalanced in that. And, you know, some people, um, some people look at women who are like quite at home in their sexuality and uh, judge them. And it's like, cool, what's, what's in them that is in shadow there? Cause mm. they, they're depicting that in a certain way in themselves. So it's like, cool, where am I moving from the shadow in this part of the balance and where am I, you know, where am I moving in balance? Am I really, am I actually owning my sexuality and really comfortable in my expression or is there an element of this that's coming from like shadow, from ego, from needing validation or wanting to control? Mm, Yeah. And just because we've done feminine and you're so good at this (laughs) stuff, could you, could you give an example of say like dark masculine? Mm. Yeah. So, uh, oh, my mouth is watering when I think your mouth. Like these beautiful masculine traits and really typically dark masculine in the shadow would be possessive, controlling, uh, you know, potentially like crossing boundaries on a physical or emotional level. Mm. And there's a lot of um, perhaps misled masculinity or even a bit of insecurity there that would come out. So it's quite like grabby taking energy like yes i'm possessive yes i own you versus like in balance that dark masculine is really powerful directive it i'm here i know xyz i'm organizing abc because i know that i'm capable and i know that i you know i can hold you in this and i know that it's going to be safe for both of us right and so there's a Energy that you're organizing with being in versus uh, creating a situation where you want to control every aspect mm. because you're in that in that shadow and desiring that real control to hold on to. Um, yeah. Does that land? <laughs> yeah, you oh, you sort of cut out again a little bit towards the end of that, but I mean, you pretty well, yeah, the gist is that a guy in their dark masculine out of balance would be that more possessive, creepy ownership type thing, but then in balance, they're more that controlled and in their power and uh, what did you say? You said determined or um, direct or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah de- determined and directive are both great words and... Um, you know, I think a really, a really beautiful way to look at it is the difference of energies between someone who's dominant and someone who's domineering. Mm. Like, and someone who's dominant can give you directions, but someone who's domineering would stand over you mm. and make you do it. And, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about, like, in a kinky way, but just the energy of the difference between dominant and domineering would be, you know, balanced versus shadow of that sort of thing Mm. yeah yeah beautiful lovely and then of course there's the light feminine light masculine but I feel like we could go on with this for for hours yes how many hours do you want on this podcast oh I love it um now I think you mentioned (laughs) earlier that you have played around with NLP so 
Can you explain a little bit about that? Uh, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, um, it's a it's a wild modality, <laughs> actually. There's a lot of really cool processes and aspects to it. Mostly uh, some of the most powerful things I've taken from it are just the use of language, um, how I structure the words, and then that creates my reality sort of thing. Um, so it gets a little bit into the we're creating our own reality in the ways that we speak. Um, and, yeah, I guess that's really the crux of it. Like what language are you using? What are you choosing? And there are some there's some cool processes in it that are really powerful. I tend not to use them, you know, in my day-to-day practices with clients or anything like that. I use the awareness of language to inform how I speak and to notice things in how other people speak. And that has been a really powerful tool for me. Um, I think there are... There are times when NLP gets a bad rap Mm. uh, because it can be, you know, that language can be quite directive and it can really pull out, um, what do I want to say? It can really pull out incongruence in people and some people aren't quite ready for that. So they can be a bit like off put by it and things like that. Mm. So... With that in mind, actually, like using the language in a really powerful way is a fantastic tool, and it's one of the things that I try and have an awareness of as a facilitator and with my clients, picking up on if they say, "Oh, I want this," but blah blah blah, and like, "Oh, okay, you've just cancelled out what you said you wanted with that," but so can we? change that language or can we dive a little bit into how you feel in your body when you say xyz given that you've just said but like there's something that's not lining up there Mm. so it it really informs um informs on another level how i can bring through what's happening in the body for me Mm. yeah yeah. So do you find that you just in everyday tasks, like if you think a thought and then you go, hang on a minute, how can I better word this and change the language? Like, do you, do you use that daily? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, something that is a ongoing learning for me and um, always how can I how can I be my in my most integrity and how can I be my best self and notice when I am like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 but And then like, oh, I just said but mm. How can I rephrase that? Blah, blah, blah and, mm. you know, so that I can reframe that for myself as much as I do for anyone else, which has been really powerful for me in in the integrity that I hold myself to yeah 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 cool that change of the and the butt to the end that I could see that being very powerful <laughs> yeah that feels just like changing butt to and or should to could you know anytime uh, I'm with a client and they're like oh I should have done this and I'm like cool when you say you should have done xyz 
it feels like you're actually adding some guilt or shame to that you didn't do it. And if we perhaps have the opportunity to say, I could have done this, then it puts you in an aspect of choice as opposed to guilt. Like, I could have done this and I chose to do this instead of reframing it from I should have and there's guilt and there's, like, you know, heaviness to it to I could have and you're owning the choice. And, you know, we don't always want to own our choices, I guess, is where that comes in. Like, you know, I chose to do I chose to do X, Y, Z instead of A, B, C. Actually, yeah, I did choose that because mm. <laughs> I have the power to choose what I do in my day. Um, that's, that's another powerful reframe as well. <laughs> yes, I have actually heard, maybe it was on a podcast once, um, instead of saying, I have to go to work. I, like I get to go to work. I get to go and make myself money. I get to go and be independent. Like I get to. Yeah. 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 The with re- repetition, like that will change the whole outlook of your day. If you've gone from, I have to go to work every day. Like I don't like work and blah, blah, blah. And you, you change and like, I get to go to work. And if you just say, well, two sentences like that, take a breath and say, I have to go to work and notice what you feel in your body and then say, I get to go to work and notice what you feel in your body. Even just side by side like that, there's a difference in how your body responds to those words. And so if you think if you amplify that over time, the way that your body is on the body actually gets to be a whole lot different. Yeah, nice. This is a good little segue into, I was going to ask you, if someone was to try out self-pleasuring for their first time, say they wake up tomorrow morning and have a plan to try and self-pleasure, what would you suggest that they do? Mm, Great question. So I would just start like really simply getting into your body use some breath, use some movement and it, you know, it can feel a little clunky potentially if you're used to going into masturbation or something like that and then you're like, actually, what am I feeling in my body? And so that's really the key. It would be take a moment, take a few breaths, even just start with noticing where you feel your breath go into your lungs or through your nose and get really mindful of the sensations and start practicing that way. If you take a deep breath and, oh, okay, I can feel how the air moves in my nose. If you've never started to look for the sensations in your body before, that's a good way to begin to attune yourself. And so if we've never done embodiment work or began to look for these type of sensations and I sit down tomorrow for my first ever self-pleasure session and I sit down, I'm like, oh, well, I don't know what they're talking about. I can't feel anything, right? (laughs) Or I just feel horny or whatever. (laughs) It's like, okay, where are the sensations happening? If I can't track sensations, can I start with tracking my breath and then expand from there? Or if if I just run my fingers of one hand over the fingers of the other hand, like how... How detailed can I get on the feelings that are happening there and begin to 
feel and notice those sensations. Or if you're looking at it like from a quite a sexual point and you're like, oh, normally I masturbate, I'm going to play around with this a little bit more. It's like, how do I take out the goal of I have to orgasm or I have to right now? What are the sensations that's happening? Can I actually feel my skin where I'm touching myself and like if I follow that feeling where to go so it's really you know if you're sitting down for your first self-pleasure session tomorrow it's about attuning to those sensations in your body Mm. as the starting point and then as you get more and more aware of how the sensations are moving and how you can move with them then your self-pleasure practice can expand and become all sorts of wild and wonderful things and having that attunement to what you can feel is the first step Mm, beautiful love that and surprisingly sometimes like I remember my first my first homework assignment when I had to sit down and give self-pleasure a go and it was just a self-pleasure a self-pleasure exploration and it was just sitting down and taking notice of those sensations and I remember feeling like something on my shoulders, in my back. I was like, oh, I'm sore. Like, and normally I'd be like, oh, it must be from the gym or whatever. And then it's like my body just yelled out at me like, oh, my God, Kelsey, you've been carrying so much weight from all this gut stuff you've been doing. Like, take a chill pill. Where's your compassion? Be kind to yourself. And I was like, ah, like in tears on the first go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this is the thing, you know, we we often, our bodies, we're just like, go, go, go. And, you know, our body is like, oh, it's here to serve me. And it, it just has to keep going. It has to keep going to the gym or how dare it be ill or how dare it have gut issues or how dare I not be as strong as I want, things like that. When you actually tune into your body, you begin to learn like, actually, this is where I live. Mm. <laughs> like this this body is a whole entity on its own for me to connect with and attune with. And what is it really desiring from me and for me? There's so much wisdom there that we have often been out of touch with. Yeah. I love that. This is where we live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's simple. A, you know, there's no escaping it and mm. and and a lot of um society and ways of being numb us out to escape what is in our body for whatever reason i'm I'm not sure why society has developed like that mm. we kind of go around in this disconnected hey mm. wondrous absolutely the chances of my body i don't even know how many trillion to one it's like it's it's pretty fucking magical that uh, sorry <laughs> you can swear that, oh my you know, god do you know how exists. often i swear on this thing so, camera it's so fine <laughs> <laughs> all right amazing well in that case and it's fucking magical <laughs> that your body exists and you know y- you can you can numb out and you can disassociate and avoid it and disconnect and what's the point of being here being human if you if you're not going to be connected to your human body right like why not why not experience all they can in this lifetime and the the explorations that you can do within yourself 
to that level of feeling, there's enough air to keep you entertained for 90 years or however long we live. Um, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, well, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> oh, so I'd love to wrap up with just three questions that I like to ask everybody. Does that sound okay? Mm-hmm. Yep, sounds great. Cool. So first one is, what is your life motto? Oh, great question. Uh, I always have said try anything once. Um, I wish I've been pulled up before and people joke me like, oh, what, will you inject heroin into your eyeballs? It's, you know, um, so I I changed that and um, it's, it's just be, be brave. I have, oh, I like that. I like that I have, spin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have a um, <laughs> I have a tattoo of a cactus um, on the back of my leg, and I come across this saying ages ago, and it said, "Anything's a deal if you're brave enough." With a picture of a cactus. Wait, say and that I'm again. Like, Sorry, it wow, went a bit you crazy. have to be really brave. Can you say that? What it says again? Yeah. Anything is a dildo if you're brave enough <laughs> with a picture of a cactus. And I was like, wow, you'd have to be, like, really brave to do that. And I don't particularly need to do that, but it's a good reminder to just, like, be brave. Like, you know, if anything's a dildo, well, anything's an opportunity, right? So be brave and, like, step into it. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right. Second question, which might be hard for us because we've really only met up once in person. Um, but it is, what is the best or funniest mm-hmm. memory you have of us? Like you and I. Ooh. Yeah. Well, we have mostly online connection. Well, yeah. And it is every I week, think I suppose. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think in person is still like the most, like the most vivid memory and it just like having you there in flesh and being able to like reach out and like touch your arm and be like, oh my gosh, you're right there. Like it was really surreal. And so that stands out as a memory. And also just like the way that your personality translated from online to in person and the bubbliness and the lightness and it was like oh this is such a great human to be around so it was like it was just a beautiful experience so that's probably the top memory oh I love that and you know what equally like with you I was just like whoa Nakima is so fucking grounded holy shit like you in person I was just like I felt the exact same like be able to touch you and see I just like look at you like oh my god you're here in the flesh like what (laughs) yeah it's weird isn't it after online over the last couple of years with the whole online world and then touching people and like yeah that's so cool I can touch you I love that all right my final question is what in this world makes you go wait what Oh my god! Um, humans, <laughs> just in like there'll be there's just some wild things that humans do, and I don't know that it's one particular thing. But every now and then, you just 
you know, you'll see a human riding a bicycle with goggles and a, a mohawk hat or something. You're like, what? What are they doing? Like, and it's just, like, it looks so, like, it might look weird to me. And then I'm like, they're just, like, fully living right there, like, in their world with their space goggles and on a unicycle or whatever it is. I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, you go. You're legend. Are you talking about, like, the people that, like, try to protect their head from magpies and stuff? Well, yeah, you know those, um, uh, like, the old um, Spartan helmets and they have, it's almost like a broom mohawk? yes. Yeah, like, um, I've seen that on top of a helmet and just... You know, humans just come up with some weird and wild things that make me do a double take sometimes. <laughs> and I love it. Yes. Oh, my God. Perfect. Oh, amazing. <laughs> well, thank you, lovely. This has been perfect. It's been wonderful. It's been everything I wanted and more. Um, if people wanted to connect with you, how could they do that? Yeah, thank you. Uh my absolute pleasure and uh, I love connecting with people so reach out to me at somatic sexologist on Instagram or uh, Nakima Ray on Facebook I love to hear from people like you know see what everyone's up to and so hit me up there perfect amazing well thank you so much loved having you on my, here my absolute pleasure thanks for having me <laughs>